0: the heart allah subhanahu wa taala has made it like a polished mirror it reflects whatever you put in front of it whatever you place in front of it whatever you get it used to so then it will just show that reflection and the other th- the problem with this mirror is that it's really focuses on one thing at once it can't focus on multiple things whatever you direct it towards that will dominate and everything else will be blurred so it's a really interesting mirror you can't see multiple things in it the heart is a very very focused mirror whatever you train it towards that's what it will be focused on everything else will be a blur you know like they, they blur the background and the, the smart cameras that they blur the background right? so if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns his attention to somebody and wants to draw him close then That person's thoughts, concerns, right? Concerns, that person's concerns um, will be illuminated with the lights, the rahmah, and the mercy, and the lights from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Amma ba'd To continue uh, with our series on Imam Ibn Ataila Al-Iskandari Rahimahullah His Hikam, his book of wisdom uh, We move on to chapter 2 of his book the, uh, Which is page 95 for those who have a copy And today, subhanallah, it's wisdom number 13 It's his number 13 and it's one of my favorites it's one of the most profound ones I found in, in here, there's, there's many profound ones but this is a really really interesting one it's really to the point extremely reflective, this is what he says Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari says كَيْفَ يُشْرِقُ قَلْبٌ سُوَرُ الْأَكْوَانِ فِي مِرْآتِهِ كَيْفَ يُشْرِقُ قَلْبٌ الْأَكْوَانِ muntabiatun فِي مِرْآتِهِ Am Kafer Yarhalu Ila Lahi Wahua Mukabalun Bishahawati Am Kafer Yatmau and Yadhula Hadaratallah Wahua Lam Yattahar min Janabati Rafalati Am Kafer Yarju and Yafhamadakaical Asrar Wahua Lam Yatub Minhafawati. So these are four statements saying four related things. We're going to look at the first and second today. Uh, and try to unpack it a bit more to understand it. And I think it's very, very relevant to essentially humans for for all times and ages because this is something that we as humans fundamentally are challenged with on a day-to-day basis. The dichotomy of this world and the hereafter. The attraction of things. Things pulling at us, tugging at our hearts. Attracting us. Engrossing us. Occupying us overwhelming us so this is what he says I'll read all of them all four statements and then we'll look at the first two he says how can the heart be illumined while the forms of creatures are reflected in its mirror how can the hearts find light and be illuminated while the forms of creatures are reflected in its mirror or how can it journey to God while shackled by its passion passions How can it desire to enter the presence of Allah while it has not yet purified itself of the stain of its forgetfulness and heedlessness? Or how can it understand the subtle points of mysteries while it has not yet repented of its offenses? It shows barriers. It shows obstacles. It shows why we can't move forward. We try, we try, we want to try. We want to move forward We want to experience the Halawat al-Iman that we've heard of others experiencing. What they enjoy, what we hear of the awliya. But why can't we do it? There's an obstacle. There's a veil. There's something going on. There's shackles. And that's what he deals with in these four statements. Let's look at the first two. How can the heart be illumined? Let's start with the first one actually. How can the heart be illumined while the forms... Of creatures are reflected in its mirror He talks about the heart like a mirror Being a mirror The heart is a mirror And what's the primary purpose of a mirror? Is to reflect It's to show an image of something It's to reflect something That's what a mirror is there for It's for nothing else That's what it's there for You look at your reflection in there it, That's the purpose of it So كيف yushriku قلب So in Arabic it's How can a heart gain إشراق Ishraq means brightness and illumination. And in Arabic, the word for mirror is mir'at. Already. This thing is like a metaphor for the human insight, the divine insight, what a person perceives through his inner vision. And people have many forms of inner vision. Like, I'm going to argue that people have various forms of inner vision. There's a guy who... You can say is really good at investments he's going to have an a fifth sense or a sixth sense you could say and an inner vision he'll just see investments left right and center that everybody else will be blind to everybody else there's no reflection in their mirror because their mirror their heart is 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 not uh, facing in that direction it's not programmed in that direction A Builder will come along and you will see something and a builder will see something and he'll say oh these are the issues these are This is what's going on here. That reflection is there. He can see it. We can't see it And likewise with everything else Likewise with every other vocation But everything but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a distraction in that sense I'm not saying that being a a Builder is a problem or an investor is a problem. I'm just trying to show that there's an inner Basira There's an inner sense that you just suddenly start to discover these things and just see these things where others don't see it. So that's the metaphor here that the the heart is like a mirror and the good and bad of things will reflect in it. The heart, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it like a polished mirror. It reflects whatever you put in front of it, whatever you place in front of it, whatever you get it used to. So then it will just show that reflection. And the, other th- the problem with this mirror is that it really focuses on one thing at once. It can't focus on multiple things. Whatever you direct it towards, that will dominate. And everything else will be blurred. So it's a really interesting mirror. You can't see multiple things in it. The heart is a very, very focused mirror. Whatever you train it towards, that's what it will be focused on. Everything else will be a blur. You know, like they, they blur the background and the, the smart cameras that they blur the background right? so if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns his attention to somebody and wants to draw him close, then that person's thoughts concerns right, concerns, that person's concerns um, will be illuminated with the lights the rahmah and the mercy and the lights from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so while there's other things that he sees but his heart will not be will not be engrossed with those things. He'll use his sight, his outer sight to deal with these things whether that be uh, his building, his investment, his driving, whatever. His cooking, their cooking, their baking, whatever it is that they do that's fine. But the heart is is, is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what's being reflected in their hearts. Uh, Because everything else darkens the heart If you put it in your heart It darkens it It doesn't necessarily darken your sight But it definitely darkens the heart If you allow it to get there This is all forms of fancies and desires And uh, basically vain dreams Uh, So the person that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has opened it up for For that person, mashallah His heart is going to be full of the light of iman The light of ihsan وَأَشْرَقَتْ فِيهَا أَقْمَارُ الْتَوْحِيدِ The moons of Tawheed, of oneness of Allah, where it's pure oneness. There's never a doubt that everything comes from Allah. Not just on an Aqeedah level. But that you must have Tawheedul Rububiya and you must have Tawheedul Uluhiyah. No, this is an experiential thing. This is what they are. They never think of anything else. It's not just, I believe that. But it's actually that I never think of anybody but Allah when it comes to it. That is why one of the poets, he says, تَرَى وَتَلُوْهُ أَخْبَارُكَ Just keep your gaze away, like lower your gaze from all of these distractions. And... Um, the beneficial information and the, bene- the beneficial points will basically come and illuminate themselves within you they'll shine within you because you wonder other people get all of these great thoughts about things why don't I? we've not left any room for it so that's why he says just turn your heart away from everything else and you'll see that that is what will we'll start and then he says, and your secrets will become clear. The secrets of things, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to have will become. And by polishing off any doubt, any vestiges of doubt, your denial of Allah will go. Uh, Muslims don't deny Allah, but sometimes they feel they're forced to do it. I spoke about it some sessions ago where I said that uh, there's a confusing hadith and their iman sheikhs. Because there's doubt. The iman should not shake with a confusing hadith. You just think, well, I'm gonna find out about it. Why should your my iman is uh, shaking right now? It's like why is it shaking? You know, they're supposed to be confusing. A lot of people find him confusing. Then he says, Al fulku yaduru, wa 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 buduru wa He's basically saying that. He's is uh, metaphorically saying that the the plant the plant uh, the, sorry the the planets and the stars and the suns and the moons of goodness because they express light they represent light they're all inside but you need to let them uh, let them benefit you by not putting this cover of uh, distractions in front of you. So he says that by cleaning up the mirror of your heart Yazulu inkaruka lilhaq your denial of the true one and the truth will disappear For ta'rifuhu fi kulli this is what i really i like this point you will start then recognize him recognizing allah in everything because allah is behind everything there's nothing in this world that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not the creator the designer the empowerer and so on so and the people of allah they see that everywhere Right? That's why they keep thinking of Allah. And I've sat with some people and they're always talking about Allah in the most amazing ways. And you're like, how did you think about Allah at this point? It's because that's the reality. They're seeing it directly. So everything will become very clear. فِي كُلِّ شَيْءٍ فَيَصِيرُ قَلْبُكَ yeah, So your heart will then become this place of the lights that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give you. And then your tawheed will become very strong. And your recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will become more intense. However, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to forsake somebody and not give him this special attention because they're not looking for it or they've committed a sin or they've disparaged uh, or uh, violated some, spe- uh, some sanctified aspect of Islam or they've blasphemed against Allah or they've just committed some major, you know, major sin or whatever then Allah says, okay fine, I'm not going to give you my rahmah I'm not going to give you my attention that just means Allah forsakes them He doesn't even have to push them anywhere He forsakes them so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to do in absolute justice He has the right to do that then the person is going to become occupied with everything of the world it will just beset your heart it will overcome, overwhelm you. That's all you'll be thinking about, night and day. And then whoever's main focus becomes the world, we get, become pushed to the world, and there's no assistance with that. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's, it's, Allah protect us. Allah protect us. It's so easy to become engrossed in the world. It's so easy. Especially nowadays when the dunya is on, I don't know what version it's on. Right? I don't know what level it's at right now. We're all in it. Right? It's, it's crazy. And of course some places are worse than others. Right? It's just dunya, dunya, dunya. SubhanAllah. It's in everything. It's in everything. It's just I must get the next phone. right? That's an obsession. right? I must get a car because everybody in my area has a nicer car. Then once you've got a car, what next now? Okay, let me get a nice number plate. What next? I don't know. Maybe another car. I don't know. I don't know where this, where this ends. You know? Just to give you an idea, it's in every. It's not just in this. It's in everything. To, to be honest, it's in everything. You know, I've eaten from this place. I've eaten from like I pride myself of having eaten in all the great places. I know every great place, and I can, you know, I can make YouTube videos. Not me. I mean, I'm. But you know, that that's what it's just. It's all a competition, and then you've got YouTube to go and and blogs to go and actually tell the world about it. Cooking at home has become something that you can actually show off about now. You can literally show off about cooking at home. Housewives, you know, they were just cooking at one time. MashaAllah, making the people around them happy. But now you can tell the whole world, and I don't know if there's a'in in that. You know, I'm, I'm scared of putting in my food that I'm going to eat out there because, subhanAllah, like somebody gives an evil eye. And evil eye doesn't have to be physically there, it's all by induction. I mean, subhanAllah, it could be wire, It's wireless. I mean we're, we're, we're living in, the, uh, in a time of wireless communication You don't need the person to look at that food physically It could be subhanallah Subhanallah. Always do dhikr of Allah whenever you've got a ni'mah So that it can protect from the evil eye Right. I don't want to get into the whole world of magic and everything like that But they, they say it can, it can happen in all sorts of ways with everything else it does so, why not with that? So, when that happens, that's what happens. Um, we become occupied with all of these darknesses. I mean, food is not darkness, but it can become a darkness if we get obsessed by it. And the shahwat al jismaniya, and just physical, uh, physical uh, fulfillments, physical pleasures... So then all of these things start become etched in our heart because that's what's being reflected because that's where we focused our heart. So because of this, you can say, because of this existential darkness of these things and all of these thoughts, of uh, uh, the forms of these thoughts, it's going to become a veil from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's light. So even if the light was there first a lot of people say that when they were younger they were better because they had gone through maktab, Madrasa, whatever and they studied the Quran and they studied and they were and then after that they just got uh, into the world so what happened is essentially that light that was there has become dimmed and dimmed and dimmed and sometimes it becomes totally extinguished because that veil of the world just becomes stronger. We get more and more and more into the world. So you become stronger and stronger. So you don't feel like praying anymore. Whereas two years ago, you used to feel like praying. You used to go out, you know, for three days or ten days or whatever. You used to do this. You used to go to the masjid. You used to like to listen to lectures. But you don't like that anymore. So now all you're going to see is the perceptible things because you've made yourself into a hissy person. and You've lost the ma'na and the substance. So now all your focus is in just real, you know, uh, being, just just worldly objects. That's wala tatafakkar illa fil his. That's all you're focusing on now. You think of nothing else. So now there's two types of this. Uh, this is at two levels. One level is that this veil of this darkness becomes so strong and so thick that the light is totally extinguished. Totally extinguished. So now what you're going to do is, you're going to eventually deny that there was any light. Deny that any light is even existence. Absolutely, like you will deny it completely. And that is essentially where you get to kufr, where people go into a state of disbelief. That's where you lose your faith. Right? Some people recognize they've lost their faith, and others don't recognize it. You know, not everybody who's lost their faith will actually come out and say, I'm a disbeliever or I don't believe anymore. They just don't care anymore. And subhanAllah, you know, I know of a number of uh, places in outlying areas generally where people have moved there for economic reasons, right, or whatever, for a job or whatever, and their children, they just don't have any, you know, they, they they have no intermingling with any other Muslims. In, in many rural areas of America I've seen this and I'm sure that's the case in a number of rural areas in England right? Yeah. except in England we've just got more cities so people but we don't know as much whereas in America it's lots of suburbs like that and they, they, they won't even know the kalima properly they literally won't because they've not studied they've just been taught by their parents a few things here and there some basic rudimentary things about Islam so they don't even know they've lost their faith they're really nothing Unless somebody opens it up and when they get older and they mix, they, they go somewhere. I've had people, I've had at least two people in my life that I met them as adults and they said that the first time we met Muslims was when they were adults. Like literally, I mean I've got two examples of that. The first was a, was a, was a, um, a woman, a girl who came to university and said this is the first time that out of my family I've met other Muslims. Okay, the other one was actually a convert from Tennessee or somewhere that had become Muslim on her own, mashallah. And then she came to Santa Barbara where, where I was Imam and she joined the Juma. and she said, this is the first time I'm meeting other Muslims physically, like in person. Okay, that was because, you know, she'd come. Right? She wasn't put into that area by her parents, you know, in, you know after having embraced Islam. And then there's others who will just say, look, I, I'm not a Muslim. You know, and that sometimes what happens is because they've had a bad they've had a bad experience then they'll deny islam and they'll want they'll have a great level of animosity towards it that's probably because they've probably more pastoral reasons they've had a bad parents or teachers or bad experience with somebody or domestic violence or something like that anyway right the second one though is the one who uh, which is not so intense it's not as rusty it's not as totally rusted Right, and the, the the veil is not as thick. It's actually uh, it allows some amount of light, so it's just that the the light has dimmed. So you can't really see it, but it's there somewhere, right? And that is the majority of people. He says, makamul awamil muslimin." This is the majority of people. This is what happens. It's there. They know it's there. I know it's there. You know, and uh, he says, "Of course, the people at this level now are." Uh, there's various levels of this. Some people it's much thinner, so they see more light, and there's others who see some light. And there's others who are in between that, right? And that's basically how close you are to Allah and how far you are. That that is what tells us. That's that is what tells us. That that is what will inform of this. That's why um, all of this you can understand from hadith. The Prophet said that in Yasta, Kama Hearts are overcome by rust, just like iron ore is iron is overcome by rust if you don't look after it if you mix it with water whatever so that's what's going on it's becoming rusty because we're not keeping it polished the imana Yahlak, and your iman can become worn out wow the iman can become worn out like clothing becomes worn and shabby and thin and maybe with holes just like a new garment eventually becomes old and tatty. The iman can happen if you don't refresh it. Iman has to be refreshed. In another hadith, it says, لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ ذِكْرُ Everything has a polish. Right? Your leather shoes will only last longer and retain their shape and uh, function and utility if you polish them. Right? Everything needs it unfortunately. It's just nothing is like maintenance-free in this world. Everything needs some kind of maintenance, subhanAllah. Everything needs maintenance. Right? Okay, if you get a better quality things, it just will last a bit longer, but eventually you need some. And that's why he says, for the heart, the polish is the remembrance of Allah. Yet another narration says, in the, uh, the famous narration, you know this one, that when a servant, either al khatia, Whenever a servant makes a mistake, whenever they commit a sin, then nukitat fi qalbihi nuktatun sawda. A black spot is placed, deposited in their hearts. And if he avoids that sin, if he turns away and abandons that sin, seeks forgiveness, then it becomes polished. That's istighfar and abandonment of the sin is a polish. right? However, if he returns to it, then this black dot continues to appear and uh, accumulate. حَتَّى تَعْلُوَ قَلْبَهُ Until actually it will overcome the heart, overwhelm the heart. فَذَلِكَ That is the rust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about in the Qur'an where Allah says in Surah al verse 14 عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ مَا كَانُوا يكسبون That rana ala kulubin, that rust has overcome their heart uh, because of what they earn, because of what they perpetrate, because of what they do. So now when you understand from this, right, that the, the heart can only be focused on, the heart can only be given up to one thing. It can't be given up to more than one thing. right? It can only be given up to one thing. Right? I really feel sorry for those, I, I was just in Morocco. And there's a guy walking down the street and he's selling something on a cart. And he's got a certain sound he makes. I don't even want to try to make that sound. Like almost like a donkey sound, right? You know, with all respect to the brother, I mean, he's making his halal living, and you've seen this. You know, uh, Sabziwala, he's gonna make a certain sound. The guy who goes and uh, distributes gas canisters for, you know, uh, for, for, for the cooking, they have a certain uh, like our ice cream guys here. They play music down there. They make a sound. Right? They don't have that function of music or to play something. And they're just literally doing that all day. Literally doing that all day. Allah Ta'ala help us and protect us. And Allah relieve them and find them something better to do. right? Or a better way to do it. Some guys in the market, they're constantly saying something. They're constantly uttering something. I mean, there's the one pound fish guy. Right? And then there's three super glue for one pound. Right? And this Subhanallah all day long. Like imagine you're listening to this, you're saying this, you're uttering this. You could become a hafiz of the Qur'an. So that's what it is. It's just whatever we become so used to in this world, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to be... So that's why he says that once you know that the heart can only focus on one thing properly at once. As I said, our eyes and our senses can focus on multiple things. Alhamdulillah, we're very versatile. We're very, very versatile and flexible in that regard. But our heart can only be focused on one thing. So he's saying that, so now if you allow it to open up to the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will be illuminated, it will shine, it will become bright, the darkness will disappear. But if you're going to let it be focused on the darknesses of this world, and it's all a darkness, one. see, everything in this world is good, could be good, but once you allow it into your heart, then it becomes bad, in the wrong way, it becomes bad, it's darkness. So, and then he says Light and darkness can never come together It's going to be one or the other, right? One has to dominate So, that's why he's saying bi How can the heart become illumined By the light of iman And Ihsan, beautification of your faith وَصُوَرُ الْأَكْوَانِ Whereas the forms of all of these dark beings, they're not dark, they could be very bright, right? But they're dark because of what they do to the heart. When they're, when they're etched, they've become etched in the mirror of the heart. That's why two opposites can never, uh, can never come together. You can't, you can't ever have a confluence of those things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah al-Ahzab Verse 4 "Ma Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has not put two hearts Into any man Because sometimes women do have two hearts Women have two hearts Sometimes Have you ever seen a woman with two hearts? No? So what's he saying? It's when they're pregnant with a child There's another heart beating there That's what it means Right, but obviously that's a totally separate entity isn't it that's why the heart this is taken multiple ways that you can only give your heart to one fully and properly so a person who wants to gain something aspirant of the truth you only have one heart if you're going to face it towards the creation of Allah you're just going to turn it away and turn its back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if you turn it towards if you direct it towards the haqq Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then you're obviously going to turn its back upon the people so that is where you will then be able to travel beyond this worldly shackles and gain a better understanding and get more illuminated and thus feel the sweetness of faith as long as you stay he says shackled and caught up in this alam with all of your desires and all of your lusts, there's no way that you can then travel to your Lord. You can't start that journey to your Lord. You're going to be stuck. And that's why he then says in that second statement, which we've not been able to cover today, ilallahi How can it journey to Allah while shackled by its passions? So how can the heart be illuminated and thus start its journey to Allah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala illuminate our hearts and allow us to focus and make that easy. Allah make it easy. And I think the, the, the way to do that is just to just think uh, of how far we're going and are we getting better or worse? Are we improving? Are we including more good acts in our life than we used to do two years ago or last year? And that, that that's that's the way to understand that, and to to test ourselves, and then just check on things that we could improve. More salats in the masjid, qadar prayers make up um, more. If you're already doing all the prayers, mashallah, then the salatul ishraq and tahajjud, and awabin, and, and so on. If we're already giving a certain amount of charity, then more charity, uh, nafil fasts, qadar fast of Ramadan optional fasts and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but all of that comes with knowledge. So you have to first increase your knowledge, otherwise you don't feel like anything. You don't know what's on offer down there without the knowledge. May Allah make it easy. Allahumma anta as-salam wa min ka salam Tabarak tiyad al-jalali wa li-kram. Allahumma ya hayu ya qayyum, birahmatika nas-taghif. Allahumma ya hanan, ya mannan la ilaha illa enta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zhalimeen. Ya Allah, have your mercy upon us O Allah, we ask you and beseech you and implore you for your mercy, for your generosity, for your special attention O Allah, for your forgiveness O Allah, for purity from you For your life of taqwa from you O Allah, forgive us all of our wrongdoings, our misdeeds O Allah, our transgressions O Allah, our heedlessness Our procrastination O Allah, our denials, our doubts O Allah, our inactions. O Allah, we ask you to forgive our sins, especially those sins that bring darknesses in our life. O Allah, that turn people against one another, that remove the blessing and that invoke calamities upon us. O Allah, we especially ask you forgiveness from those sins that have become part of our life and we no longer see them as sins anymore. O Allah, grant us a true understanding of our purpose in this world. Oh Allah, grant us the true understanding. O oh Allah, we ask that you allow us to rise to the challenges and you protect us from the evils which are out there. And especially our, us and our children and our progeny until the day of judgment. O oh Allah, as we are part of this country, we have a new king and O oh Allah, we ask that you guide him and you give him tawfiq and you make him beneficial and oh Allah you make his reign a beneficial one. one oh Allah we ask that you allow us to prepare for the for the hereafter we allow us to prepare this life for the hereafter and you allow our hearts to be focused and you and for your light for for them to become a recipient of your light oh Allah and to be illuminated oh Allah Uh, protect us from our distractions. You have given us abundantly more than so many others in this world. Oh Allah, we ask that you do not make it a burden for us or a trial for us what you've given us. Oh Allah, this new projects that we have, this new masjid project we have, the new white thread center we have, Oh Allah, allow that to be completed. Allow all the other projects of all the other masajid and institutes to be completed and protect them all from the evils which are out there and the challenges which are out there, especially in the Indo-Pak subcontinent. And O oh Allah, the floods, oh Allah, the floods that have devastated so many people. Oh Allah, grant them a relief. grant them an understanding. And oh Allah, grant them strength in their faith to withstand this and beautiful patience and perseverance. And oh Allah, grant them an an opening and a release from this and oh Allah allow us to be helpful in the right way in the right capacities for whatever is happening around the world and accept us for the service of your deen uh, The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration an encouragement, persuasion The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, And that's why we started Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.